0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the TechConnects podcast, Business of Your Business. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Ryan Ellis, and today I'm joined with... Kelly Phillips. And today we have a very, very special member guest. Uh, our member spotlight for this week is Yiffy Zhao, Director of Operations of Altex Academy and Altex UAV, the queen of drones. I don't think I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the member spotlight. And um, I'm going to start things off with uh, who is he's uh, Zhao and uh, tell us about yourself.
1: Uh, thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me today. So my name is Yifei Zhao. I'm uh, the operations director here at Altex Academy. Um, we're part of uh, the overall Altex technologies, uh, which is a... Uh, training and uh, research driven um, company. We focus on drone technologies and uh, also, you know general robotics and, uh, and autonomous technologies data capture and processing mostly.
0: Nice. And what about yourself? What is, uh, what is your background?
1: Uh, My background, well, I came to Canada in 2004, wanting to be a movie director. So I went uh, straight to film school um, and and was working in the film industry since uh, since 2006. So I was doing full time with uh, uh, one of the largest TV production companies here in Toronto for about four years. Um, That's when uh, Alex, who runs our technical side, Decided that uh, drone, you know, was was his new camera because he was a cinematographer at the time. So we actually started. Uh, we jumped into the drone industry uh, because back then was when the film industry switched from the traditional analog film to uh, digital cameras. So traditionally we have to fly, well, not fly, we have to operate 20, 30 kilograms worth of camera gear, um, adding you know, the film magazines and everything else on top. But now we can we can get the, the same level of professional footage, if not better, through a much, much lighter cameras. So we actually started off by uh, building our own drones. I'm not sure if you can see it's still behind me. Yeah. So we built our own drones. Uh, We were one of the first teams to start the drone uh, division in the Canadian Film Union. And um, we got introduced to through the drone technology, because it's a technology that connects with so many different industries. So we got introduced to the police sector, you know, the construction sector, the, um, the survey and, uh, and and civil planning sector, when we really saw there's a lot bigger industry, a lot more potentials with uh, drone technologies. And and in 2016, it's when we formed Altex with um, a few other partners um, and really focused more on technology research and uh, implementation.
0: Awesome. Any uh, particular cool shows or movies that, uh that you were a part of, that we might know about?
1: One fun one uh, was with Tesla, so a Tesla commercial, and okay. uh, it required uh, a partial close, close down of the highway. The Toronto, uh, it's, it's the Burlington, the Burlington Bridge. Uh, okay. So between Burlington and, uh, and Hamilton, um, we had to follow and track a Tesla on the highway. Uh, and it was in the mm-hmm. wintertime as well, so with highway closure, you only have a couple of hours of, uh, of window um, and the driver with the Tesla needed to do the loop, right? So we we'll only get a small section where we get to track him. Uh, um, so it was, you know, 20 seconds of, uh, of footage uh, that that took two three days of prep work to do. Uh, lots of stress because you get to fly that shot just a couple of times uh, and get the money shot. There's no redo. There's no you know shutting down the highway again because we we uh, had equipment malfunction and ended up not getting it. Um, so that was that was the experience back in film. I mean we also went to Petawawa for one of the Canadian Armed Forces commercials. Uh, so really on film there's no redos, right? Because people spend millions of dollars you know setting up the set for you. For that specific time window, uh, and you have to deliver margin of error is very very
2: slim. Do, doing the uh, the shot on the Burlington Skyway, especially when you're saying the margin of error is very slim, had to be a bit nerve wracking because I know we know it gets closed due to high winds often. Did you encounter anything like that, and how how would that affect the drones?
1: Uh, so first of all, we're flying a much larger drone that uh, we built with several levels of uh, image stabilization in there. So there's actually several levels of uh, vibration dampening system on it, and also flying a camera that shoots 6- 6K video. So you can also stabilize it in post by cropping out, um, uh, you know, the additional resolution. Uh, on top of that, um, if you've been flying for long enough, you kind of get, um, you know, a neck on weather. So, you know, beginning of the day, early morning and uh, the golden hour of the day is when you typically get calmer weather than uh, in the middle of the day. So, you would plan accordingly as well. Um, Other than that, you know, luck does have to, does come into play sometimes too. So, you just have to cross the fingers and hope everything goes smoothly. Nice,
0: nice. Can you um, can you tell us a little bit about um, Altex Academy and the education and the training that you provide?
1: Uh, our major part of the public front service is we're a Transport Canada compliant uh, training school. Um, and uh, for those who are not in the drone sector, I mean, the easy way to explain it is, where the driving school plus the Ontario Drive Test Center for drones, right? So the drone license, uh, it's similar to driver's license. You have to do a theory exam. That's almost like your G1, and then do an in-person flight test. So that's almost like your road test. Um, So we can conduct the road test on behalf of Transport Canada. So we do the the in-person flight test on behalf of Transport Canada. Um, On top of that, we can also do training. So that's what I mean by almost the driving school plus the anti-wheel drive test center so students would come in uh, take our training and then pass the government exam get their license and from there they would explore uh, commercial operations so a large part of our, of our Clientele are uh, commercial operators, so film professionals, uh, construction professionals, uh, civil planning, you know, engineers, police officers, emergency response team. Those are typically the people who are adding drones because they see the value to uh, collect either better data if uh, they're on a survey part or um, for public safety it's also that intelligence gathering from the air. Um, and it's not so much about the drones, it's more about um, the data capture and processing afterwards, right? So for surveyors, for example, instead of, um, you know, take aggregates, for example, one of the larger clients is, um, is Lafarge, Lafarge. So instead of having someone to climb the stockpile and calculate the volumetric, now they can fly the drone through their site And in less than 24 hours, they they can have accurate calculation for all the stockpile on site. So that's definitely um, delivering value and uh, and saving a lot of time and money and improving
2: the safety. I've seen drones in the last little while. Um, People have been coming, especially depending on the neighborhood you're in, to get your roofs changed, etc. and so forth. And they're flying over just to give an assessment of it, that saves them having to, to climb up. So it, it is interesting when you're saying it, it's the, the time and money. You're seeing this in a lot of different industries and are you seeing kind of that drone um, opportunities? Is that growing more and more and how will we see it grow in the future?
1: Um, right now, the what you can do with drones, is fairly defined. <laughs> Um, and what we're seeing really, I mean, I would say the first 10 years of the industry are a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people with ideas and trying to explore um, new solutions, new grounds getting into the industry. But for the past couple of years is when we started seeing more enterprise, more public sectors, larger teams coming in, adopting drones just as um a solution to their day-to-day operations. So definitely a little more on a larger scale. So instead of uh, before it's a, a film person or in you know, a real estate uh, marketing company, picking up a drone and, uh, and, and filming video sequences or um, a service provider getting a drone and go to a construction company saying, look, I can I can get footage for you for the road um, and I can get topography data for you. So you can, you can better do um, the estimate for road build. So you know the top of the landscape So instead of those um, those service-oriented individuals or smaller companies, now there are more larger enterprise companies. either as, as I mentioned, like Lafarge, or uh, even for the public sector, uh, a lot of the municipalities are having their um, civil planning office actually um, getting to know drones, and the um, majority of the police force here are either already having some of the officers adopted drone technologies or in the process of doing that. And we're also seeing the ones that had, um, you know, a couple of officers to start first are also increasing, um, their, their team are also basically expanding their team back by by adding more people and adding more drone equipment, <laughs> um, also with the industry going forward, it's, it's a lot less of um, you know the traditional jack of all trades. I get one drone and then can it can capture videos, pictures, can do survey, can do everything for me. Now the industry is a little, it's a getting more defined. <laughs> Uh, it's people understanding that getting specialized drones along with the software, right? So almost like your computer, um, you would get the different software installed for uh, the computer and the drone ultimately is just, it's just a, a flying car carrying a camera sensor. Um, what you're capturing is very important uh, because it's no longer just capturing the videos or the pictures um, those pictures are embedded with the geomatics data so Kelly when you mentioned about the rooftop inspection uh, mm-hmm. the drones don't don't just come back with a picture of the rooftop they come back with 10, 20 pictures. And those pictures are stitched together through AI software, especially for insurance payout. Um, they would automatically stitch the pictures together. They would scan through AI software to identify imperfections of the rooftop. And they would circle the areas that need replacement or attention. And the right away, you can get the square footage of the area circle. So if that needs to be replaced, you apply the material and the cost and it gives you the calculation right away. Uh, so ultimately, you know, a lot of times people come into drones with big ideas of, uh, just like people going into the film industry, right? Thinking they're going to be the next, um, you know, Steven Spielberg, but they found out, oh, there's a couple of hundred people on set and uh, and there's only one director. <laughs> so with drones it's also people going in and realize they're, again, just part of the puzzle. They're a piece of the puzzle. Uh, either they're, you know, a data collector that's using drones to collect data, but they need to collect that data accurately so that data can get processed, you know, especially for construction, for survey, for, you know, aerial intelligence. The data needs to be processed, um, and it needs to be analyzed, and it needs to make the right decision for, uh, for the client. And otherwise, there's, there's no use of, uh, of conducting the mission.
0: Nice. I do have a question, um, and I know that I've seen video and there's been some stuff on uh, the television and, and the internet talking about when will drones become more, um, I guess, service focused for deliveries? Because I know that I know Amazon, Walmart have played around in the United States and more of the rural areas, less populated areas, uh, about um, delivery service and you know delivering pizzas and packages and pharmaceutical goods, you know, where where is that? Where are we heading that way? Is it gonna be well
1: we're certainly heading that way. Yeah. I, I think the question is when because <laughs> anytime you apply a time factor, it makes a huge difference. Uh, it's definitely not happening overnight. And it also depends on it's almost like infrastructure, right? So drone delivery, um which which on the um, on the air traffic control side we're calling it um uh the sky, the, the highway in the sky ultimately. Um, And Mm -hmm. this infrastructure design, right? It's almost like building the highway on the road. So imagine if if it's not a developed city, right? If it's not um, a very well uh, developed area to try to lay down highway there, you need to have infrastructure, you need to clear the road, you need to level the ground before even talking about putting up highways. And it's very much the same for the drone delivery industry. Can the drone deliver? Uh, sure, but that's the same as can the car drive on the road? <laughs> um, but do you have the right road for the car to drive on? <laughs> um, and can you help the car to identify you know, where, where it's been to? Because if we just use GPS mm-hmm. coordinates, Right, it's it's no use. I mean, it's like driving on the road, being given GPS coordinates. It's no use. I want to have. I want to know the the road I'm driving on. I want to know the street number. I want to know what businesses are around me. And that's the same thing for drones. Right now, for our navigation, we're still heavily relying on the global positioning system, which really for drones we need to have more of a, a micro navigation system. That helps us to understand the environment around us. So for me to say I'm sending a drone from my office to you know, delivering to someone at a specific street or address, I can do that. But once I get there, right. And I, I think the realistic question is if I get, if I go deliver at a detached house, uh, how can I make sure I'm landing at the front door and their dog isn't gonna run towards my drone? <laughs> Or if their kid is playing outside, isn't going to see it and get interested, run towards it and get injured. Um, Or if I land there, how can I make sure no one actually runs towards it? Is there enough public education and public awareness on, oh, that's a drone doing delivery, you shouldn't go towards it, right? Mm -hmm. Versus someone got interested and trying to go to see what happens. So I think those are, are the bigger infrastructure questions were all this, uh, discovering, you know, as an industry, and I had this conversation with them um, uh, a law from last week as well. They basically said, look, drone is a piece of the smart city building. <laughs> um, and that's touching on so many areas of legislation, right? You have uh, federal civil aviation, you have municipality, you have provincial, you have privacy laws, you have so many different areas that you're requiring the legislation to work together, to find a solution which is always going to be the longest. So it's not so much about the drone as the equipment. It's more of, of that bigger infrastructure of, uh, you know, legal requirements of uh, privacy concerns of educating the general public, right? They all, all those pieces need to come together to really make this work.
2: It, with, with that, it actually sounds like all of the education and training aspects of this are evolving. And I'm, I'm going to say not just year to year, it's almost like week to week is how. So you have to keep up on things quite a bit. Definitely.
1: Things are changing a lot and very fast for this industry. Um, We started back in 2011. Uh, and now it's actually, it's, it's 10 years into the industry. Um, it's moving at a really fast pace. So I always like to say I'm the optimistic one because we had so many roadblocks when we, when we first started, um, especially with a lot of smaller operators at the beginning stage when regulation was very difficult. So there was a time when um, mm-hmm. smaller operators weren't sure if this was going to be um, a regulatory, you know, a, a supportive industry. From a legal perspective. But collaboratively, as, as all the operators in the industry, you know, luckily Transport Canada is very open to industry workshops, to getting the feedback and, uh, and, um, and recommendations from uh, industry users like ourselves. So we were able to manage through the hurdles. Um, so going back to Ryan's question on, you know, can drones deliver, can we, are we heading towards the smart city? We definitely are. It's just taking the, the, the work from everyone. <laughs> (laughs) And comparing to 10 years ago, when it's mostly drone operators pushing our regulation and pushing new solutions, new technologies, now we need to involve more people, right? Now it's more about educating the general public as well, Mm -hmm. because drones, if if we want drones to actually hover above our heads, helping with search and rescue, helping with better traffic information, better data information, better and faster delivery, um, then it's everyone needs to contribute.
0: Awesome. Well, all I've been envisioning is the Jetsons, but no people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's why Uber are working on the Uber taxi, right, in the yeah. air. Um, and there is a, a Chinese manufacturer that's been doing testing in North America. They had uh, some successful runs in Dubai and uh, in China as well. So drone taxis, definitely, I mean, if we really want to solve the traffic problem, um, the resources on the ground level is very limited, <laughs> Right, so really we have to think more going up into the big open sky.
0: Nice, nice. Um, maybe we'll get back to maybe some more focus on Altex. Um, you know, I guess we're, we're coming into September and, um, you know, what were your goals uh, for this year? Um, you know, maybe personally and uh, business-wise um, for yourself and Altex.
1: Uh, so first of all, surprisingly on the legal side, we've, uh, we've had a new regulation since uh, June of 2019, when drone pilots have to go get their license. And just like a driver license, doesn't matter if you're flying for fun or for work, you have to get it. And currently the compliance rate in Canada, it's still not even 10% on the full advanced license. So there is actually a a really large market um, growth area. So really for Altex, for the public training site, that's our main focus. Um, You know, 90% of of pilots haven't gone through the the advanced licensing program. So definitely the focus is is within um, entire region. Currently we have uh, a little over 30% of the market share on the, you know, the existing 10%. So it's more about number one, seeing that 10%, see the compliance rate to go up to 50 in the next couple of years, um, and also growing our market share to 50 as well. So that's, that will be the priority for us uh, in the next couple of years. And more on the strategic development part, uh, we actually just released um, the, uh, uh, the graduate certificate program with Seneca College. So it's actually a full-time uh, one-year certificate program um, with Seneca College. That's more about fostering the next generation of, um, of uh, drone business people so more more entrepreneurs more people with different uh, you know larger concept and um and and bigger vision they want to have for the industry coming together it's almost like an mba program but specifically for the drone and um, and robotics industry so definitely looking forward for the first launch of the program uh next january we are the the lab component uh for this program so all the students going through the program are going to be doing their flight training are going to be doing their uh, capstone projects, research projects, um, with Altex and on, on our King city research facility. Um, we were always interested in the applied research part of this industry, right? It's seeing, you know, because it's not general aviation. I mean, for general aviation, if you had a concept, try to test that concept with a million dollar jet. It's very difficult, but with drones, the, our, um, power of execution is really high. So to say someone has a concept, I want to test delivery, I want to test counter uh, drone measurements or some kind of safety measurements, we can actually put that into testing in three months' time. Uh and see if this actually makes sense, mm-hmm. if it's actually delivering results. So that's the that's the component I'm really looking forward to. It's it's seeing more of um taking the existing industry solutions and putting those to test to number one, delivering better results, more precise and better re- processed results. And number two is more refined workflow. Um, Better integration of the hardware and software and the operators together. So rather than say, you know, a surveyor, a civil engineer um, taking a drone, trying to survey a mission and taking, you know, a full day of setting it up and inputting data and trying to see what's the best mission um, agenda to do it, we need to see that whole workflow at least cut down by 50%. <laughs> Um, and that will be done by the better integration of uh, hardware and software, um, and just more
2: experience from the
1: pilot altogether. Um, That's
2: exciting news! It is. Um, with that, if uh, if he, how how does Altex Academy stand apart from others? What makes you different?
1: Uh, we're very hands-on. I guess part of that is coming from the film background. Um, we're used to you know always building new solutions, like every script is different. Mm-hmm. So you're constantly testing. We, we like to say every project is a, it's a little startup company on its own. You always have to work with uh, the situation, the budget, and uh, come up with a solution. So that's the part we always enjoyed, which is why we turn into training and, um, and consulting, uh, more research focused, because it's trying things, it's pushing um, new technologies, going to new grounds but very different than the traditional university research, which is a little more exploratory. We're more uh, connected with colleges on the applied research part. So really our time window is within three to six months. A typical consulting, we call them consulting projects. So it's usually as with um, a training um, school plus a industry party who's interested in testing, you know, drone solutions for something. Uh, we we really give the project every 6 months is is basically um a milestone and we need to see we need to come to some kind of critical decision every 6 months so it's a much shorter turnaround than any traditional exploratory research uh, ultimately we like to see we like to see this technology delivering results, real results, Mm -hmm. you know, exploratory. is always great on a bigger concept, uh, but I guess we're just a little more realistic uh, to see, okay, the, our, our end users, our clients need to see this thing actually working for them.
0: (laughs) I don't know how you do it. You must, you must be 24 (laughs) seven.
1: It's fun. I mean, we had a recent project with uh, Toronto water when, when we had to fly a drone for three kilometers into the lake. Okay. And you will think, well, how hard can they be? The control range for a drone is it's seven to 10 kilometers. And wow. you're just flying straight line, right? In open water, I mean, how hard can they be? Well, three kilometers that's beyond visual line of sight, you can't see the drone at that point. So it requires going through very special um, permission with Transport Canada and justifying all the safety precautions, everything, because you can't see the drone. So you don't know what's, what's really happening. Right, you can't see if there are small airplanes or helicopters flying around it. Um, you don't have sort of a 360, you know, obstacle avoidance that's very reliable on the drone um, within within you know what we call it within um, within range because um, you can identify let's say within three to five meters for sense and avoid on the drone. But say if a small airplane is approaching, by the time you detect that, it will be too late to try to avoid it. So it's not really a practical range for the current sense and avoid system, which means you'd have to come up with all different other safety scenarios to manage that. Um, so it's, it's definitely interesting. I mean, personally, I really enjoy solving puzzles, right? So ultimately this is, this is the puzzle, is trying to find a way of
2: making it work. With uh, kind of what you're talking about, this seems like every day is a new adventure it doesn't seem like everything is the same every single day. And as you say, you're, you're doing a puzzle each time you go out there. Um, and you also talk about just kind of planes or helicopters. You also have to think, I guess, of just even birds and, and other sm- you know, smaller, smaller animals flying through the air like that.
1: Anything in the air. Uh, typically with birds, if you don't get close to their nests, so if you go, if you don't go looking for trouble, um, they typically stay away. Especially okay. for the larger drones, they they would get hurt if they get close to the drones. You know, the propellers spinning at a very fast speed, they would get hurt. So most of them have that self protective instinct, and okay. they would stay away from it. Uh, the times we saw birds being aggressive was when we got close to their nests, especially when they have you know when they have little birds in there. That's when they get really aggressive. Okay.
0: I guess one of the things obviously we've all been affected by the big c word over the last 16 to 18 months um how did you have to pivot your business focus did you have to change anything during the last 16 months or has it been business business didn't change um and you're one of the fortunate companies that kind of through and just kept on pursuing and not really having to change much uh, to, you know, continue the great work you guys are doing.
1: I'd say we had to pivot it a little bit. so we have the in-person component on our flight field where students come in, take in-person training and pass the, the um, flight test. And then we also have our online training component and a little more consulting, working with the clients. So I would say the in-person component, uh, definitely we had to take uh, a few breaks um, when we had uh, the full lockdown. Um, but after that, we're, we're on a 70 acre field. <laughs> and everything changed to one-on-one session. So obviously we can't have group sessions. We had to stop all the development on the, you know, we we had STEM, programs that were supposed to launch uh, last summer with, uh, with more of the high school and, um, you know, K-12 kids coming to see the different technology and possibilities. So all of those in-person group programs basically had to uh, had to take a pause. Um, so we pivoted more towards number one, online training, adding more um, different uh, applied skills to, you know, people having license, maybe this is a good time to learn how to use drones for real estate promotion, to learn how to use drones to do survey. Um, So that was one area we we kind of sped up a little more. And then on the consulting side, we actually saw the largest um, public sector and enterprise growth for the drone industry just in the past six months. Several larger government um, uh, departments came in to to adopt um, the overall drone solutions, not just getting their uh, people licensed, but also finding the right equipment, finding the right workflow, setting up operations. So that's actually been the largest growth for the past six months. I mean, you're never, you're never 100% certain on what triggered it. I mean, one is with COVID, this type of remote sensing solutions definitely, you know, cast down the, the need for in-person interaction, which is great, uh, but also it could just be a tipping point for the industry. We, we did see that um, the enterprise growth, you know, getting to a point where it's justifying for the larger government sectors and the uh, enterprise companies to adopt the technologies. Okay.
0: Sounds awesome.
2: Uh, through through this all, and in the last little while, is there a project that you are currently working on that you're very excited about? Or is there something that you accomplished in this past year that you're really, really proud of?
1: Uh, I guess to both. So the project I'm really excited about is uh, it's the Seneca's um, um graduate certificate program, especially January being the, the first year. Um, and a lot of these programs were involved in, they're their really long-term driven, right? Mm-hmm. They spent over several years just to get the Ministry of, um, of Education's approval um, and then putting the whole program together, being the first one. <laughs> right? So you're really exploring everything from from scratch, but we're really excited to see the program launch in January. Um, And then uh, it's it's usually seeing the first few years of launching the program and seeing the students succeed, build that story, then you really see the program grow. You know, being the first year is always going to be a difficult sell, but we're really excited about about the program. So I I guess that would be um, a project we're really excited about. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you know feel very accomplished to be able to work with Seneca um, and, and, and build and get the government approval to launch the program. Especially um, for the past 16 months where uh, for colleges and the government sector they all had to focus on pivoting how they work um, and then at the same time still trying to push for the program approval and, uh, and putting
2: the whole program design together. Well we wish you a lot of luck this year through that in january and uh, hopefully not not a lot of bumps and bruises along the way it's always exciting to learn new things and and learn new ways of doing things
1: for sure and look forward to more uh tech connect sessions this year too
0: awesome i guess uh, one thing i like i guess the vision so obviously you're heading into the education space so maybe my question to you is you know where do you set where do you see yourself in and all text in the next three to five years, it's gonna be continuing to pursue uh, post-secondary education, um, you know, expanding across the country. We'll, you know, what are you looking to do to, um, you know, grow the business and where are we gonna see you next?
1: <laughs> uh, we really want to grow more well, I guess you can call it more vertically. <laughs> So right now we're really focused on um, training the working professionals, um, just adopting drone technologies within three months. We want to see them uh, actually fly drones and, uh, and achieving some kind of results. But going forward, um, we hope to be able to launch our STEM program next summer. Um, I think it's not gonna happen this fall, but ideally from next summer. And we'd like to see you know, younger kids being introduced to the technologies. Ultimately they're in the next generation. Right. When they go to college, when they go for a civil engineering program in the college, they're going to get introduced to drone programs. So really, we're going to be covering all the way from K-12 to post-secondary education to you know professional skills development, um, because there is a huge gap uh, from when students enter say a college or a university, they go for, you know, three, four year program. By the time they graduate, the workspace may have changed substantially Mm -hmm. in terms of technologies. We're seeing police going through police foundation program for four years, coming out and realize now they have to understand, uh, you know, data processing, um, you know, cyber security, they have to understand, they have to know how to use uh, digital cameras. Right. Even just when they're enforcing, um, they have to know how to fly a drone. They have to work with thermal cameras. It's all the different technologies they're exposed to. So our goal is really work with. Um, ultimately, we're the subject experts. So we we don't we don't see ourselves as educational experts. So we always like to bring a partner. You know, like how we work with Seneca, and we're also establishing that partnership with uh, other uh, institutes for K twelve. So they can help us understand. Um, the level of, um, of, of knowledge and how to design a program. So how to take what we want to deliver and design the program to make it uh, user friendly for you know, that specific age group, right? So yes, in other words, uh, we like to cover, I, I still think Ontario is gonna be our big base in the next uh, three to four years. I like to see us covering um, uh, vertically, you know, all the different age groups in Ontario so that um, even kids at a younger age can be introduced to the technologies. And it's not just the drone, it's the camera sensors on the drone, it's um, the AI software that processes the footage afterwards, right? And then it's how to identify those footage and see see how that data is put into work. So I, I always like to see drones as um, a connecting point for all the puzzles of, uh, of the other pieces of, you know, robotics. And, uh, and autonomous technologies so i really believe stem is going to be our you know big concept in the next year um to introduce that more to the next generation
0: and it's it's funny the uh well, it's not funny i think the k-12 program is definitely going to be awesome i had a retail store yesterday with my son he was looking at drones <laughs> again, and i had to kindly remind him he we've lost three to four of them in our neighborhood because of uh, some high winds and some uh, Bad driving or bad fine technique. So, uh, <laughs> uh, if I can hone in his uh, ability <laughs> to drive, fly a straight. The kids ride. also
1: learn through making those mistakes. <laughs> and I think it's better to make those mistakes at the early stage than yep. um, what last week we had the York Regional Police crashing their drone with uh, a small Cessna just across the street from us, right? Buttonville, across the street from Buttonville. And oh. if you look at the picture of the damaged Cessna, if it were a couple of inches different, it may have caused actual um, fatalities of uh, of the two passengers wow. on the Cessna. So I always like to I always like to say you it's better to make mistakes at the earlier stage than later.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> Go ahead, Cal.
2: <laughs> no, I'm just trying to catch my train of thought with that because that it definitely would be scary. For and, and unexpected, you know, and, and that goes back to that whole training aspect and having to be aware of your surroundings and things because it's educating even those now flying planes. They're not, you know, they're not expecting a drone to be out there, but now it gives them that ability to start to be a little bit more aware. So that comes back to the education side of things. Um, you, you talked about kind of the education aspect of it and sharing the technologies. We are looking, and when and I know we've talked to you about doing a few sessions coming up. What can we expect from, from your ideas?
1: Yeah, I'm actually super interested in running one of the technology-focused sessions, as, as I mentioned to Ryan, because uh, when I looked at the member profiles across Connects. I I can identify already a handful of companies who I I know they have departments who are actually using drones, who are exploring drones. Um, So I'm envisioning the session, having other members joining as well and sharing their stories on what they're doing. Um, Really, we see the drone industry at this point as more people putting their heads together. Talking it through because any any company or any team trying to do it by themselves, not brainstorming or talking to the other industry parties, they're the ones usually left behind. Um, so I'm actually looking forward to talking to the other members through the session. So hosting, I I think I mentioned to Ryan, I prefer this to be more of a panel format. So I would love to have maybe a, at least a couple of the other members on there as well, and uh, we can go through you know more of a discussion, right? Question and answer format. Um, to understand what the others are actually doing and ultimately we're more of the training and the research part so I think through us it's more about getting the stories from uh, from the other members on how drones are helping their businesses.
2: Well and I think too hearing those stories it may give other people new ideas and uh, new concepts of of things that they can try that they may not have even thought of because I, I think that's what what this is really about is is that sharing of ideas so that you learn something new and you know learn learn how you can proceed with things. So we, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, you'd be
1: surprised there are accountants uh, in the construction industry who are using drones, because they can account the material better. So they're actually the ones doing the inventory count using drones. I mean, I I would never have thought, you know, trying to sell drone training to accountants, but uh, apparently there is the market for that. (laughs)
0: Um, You know, so as we get closer to the fall, Kelly and I have been working diligently to, you know, populate and um, get things going with the peer groups uh, for this year. Uh, is there any particular peer groups that you're looking forward to? That, you know, you're looking forward to attending and being a part of this year.
1: Uh, I was always, you know, taking part in the CEO peer groups. That was always the one that interested me more um, to see because I, I believe from TechConnects it's more about. Uh, It's the overall business, right? It's not just a a specific technology. Um, Everyone comes from different background and different Mm -hmm. sector. So it's great to actually hear that from different companies, uh, from their CEOs, what they're going through as challenges. Uh, It definitely helps us to reflect on how we can manage our team better and manage a company better to grow. Um, The other one I was actually really enjoying was the um, women group. So especially women in tech, um, and and I love, you know, just having women in this group actually supporting each other, exploring the the different possibilities. Uh, We actually have women in drones specifically for the drone industry. Um, We like to say women are, I mean, traditionally women are better pilots than than men <laughs> uh, and we bring fresh perspectives into you know what um what we can actually do with the technology so i really enjoyed the um, women peer group as well
0: well i can say that my wife has a clear driving record i don't
1: <laughs> <laughs> i passed g2 with one try when alex had to try three times
2: <laughs> oh that's good um with all of the things that you are doing, the, you you are very busy, uh, a very busy lady as well. How do you balance work life with your family life as well? Uh, I guess one
1: is delegate, so trust trust the team, right? Don't try to do everything by yourself. Um, and uh, two is I. I try to set my calendar, and I try to set it with uh, with a focus to try to see what's the best way to uh, to increase efficiency. Um, so, say you know when I book client meetings or any meetings, I, I actually use um, um, a specific booking app that connects to my Google calendar and I would reserve, let's say Wednesday, Thursday, and I reserve a section of Wednesday, Thursday to allow people to book meetings with me. And I'd reserve Monday for specifically uh, internal team meetings to set the agenda for the week, review what happened in the previous week. And then Tuesdays, Thursdays are typically um, a, a large chunk is for our marketing regroup, kind of the, the growth, the sales regroup and then uh friday try to do a little more casual you know lunch and meet type of things and try to reserve i mean occasionally i pick i pick up a third uh, a saturday shift Mm -hmm. um but i try to keep especially during the summertime i try to keep the weekend to family so i find if um you know if you try to to classify your time of the week um and then give it a, a specific subject right so try not to dive into every day of the week trying to cover everything
0: Nice. I like your style. Yeah, excellent
2: <laughs> advice. Excellent
1: advice. Well, I, I am very OCD in terms of organizing, if you haven't noticed. So that should tell you.
0: <laughs> yes, it's very clean back there. Everything has its <laughs> place.
2: <laughs> okay, we, we want to do a, a very quick rapid question section. So you don't have to think too much of it. Ryan and I okay. are going to follow our, our fire back and forth with some of the questions. And this is just a, a quick get to get to know you. You can elaborate if you would like. So first question, coffee or tea? Coffee.
0: Salty or sweet?
2: Sweet. Uh, favorite movie?
1: Star Wars.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a story behind that one. Uh, favorite book?
1: Uh, 100 Years of Solitude.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh, would you rather have a night in or a night out? Night in. Dress
0: shoes or sneakers? Say that again. Dress dress shoes or sneakers.
1: <laughs> sneakers now, but if you ask me, ten years ago would be different. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's totally changed. I know not all of us. I had to go to something and put heels on, and I thought these feel very foreign. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a bucket list item? not really
0: <laughs> it it's funny you say that because when kelly and i were discussing you yesterday i was like if he's gonna be the one to say parachuting or <laughs> you, know, you know going uh out in the ocean with great white sharks in a cage type of thing i just felt what? like if he's gonna be a thrill seeker <laughs>
1: Uh, I guess we we don't really keep bucket list. typically, if we if we want to do something, we'd make an effort on just going to do it that year. Um, okay. I don't try to save up a bucket list.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so then would you be a thrill seeker, um, kind of risk taker or more conservative?
1: Oh, uh, I would say I uh, comparing to most people, I'm probably more of the risk taker. um but if we talk about within the team, I'm the conservative one. <laughs> Okay, so you, your different roles
2: is where, <laughs> where that takes place for sure. Yeah,
1: someone have to manage the, the boys here with all their toys.
2: One <laughs> <laughs> uh, other thing is the, the drones themselves, you build your own drones or do they kind of come in a box? How have you, have you had them set up?
1: Uh, so this was the first drone we built. That was 10 years ago, uh, but now it's more ready to fly uh, coming out from a box. So that's why these ones are just on the shelf. They're decorational now.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. Very cool. So with that, Yiffy, uh, we're at our ending point and... um, I definitely want to thank you uh, for you know spending a, an hour with us, and uh, thank you for letting us uh, get to know you a little bit better, a little bit more about Altex and uh, what is going on inside of that uh, brilliant mind of yours. So uh, definitely thank you, and we look forward to see you um, at the future Tech Connect, um peer group sessions and events. And uh, we're also looking forward uh, forward to your your one-on-one sessions, your tech-focused sessions uh, that will, be, will start running in uh, the fall. And um, obviously, thank you to uh, Kelly Phillips, partner in crime for joining us. And maybe Kelly, do you want to just maybe elaborate a little bit more on some of the peer groups that are coming up uh, starting in a couple of weeks?
2: We have got our very first one starting on September 8th and we work through marketing then we go from women in tech and our CEO we're going to have a couple of new peer groups so strategies on diversity and inclusion, we actually just today have added another one on design thinking when it comes to the employee experience. We've got people strategies and leadership skills, skills for leaders. So those are all coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're just finishing planning everything and we do wish everybody uh, an amazing end to their summer as it, it comes to a close. I don't like to say that, but I'm enjoying this, this warm weather. So enjoy it as long as we can.
0: So that, thank you so much, Ifi. Thank you, Kelly. And uh, we look forward to uh, interviewing some uh, Amazing members as we go through uh the fall the fall season and, and uh have yourself a great day. Thank you, everybody.
1: Thanks for having me, Thanks, Ryan. Sorry.
0: Thank you so much.
1: Take care.